Oh, no one ever thinks about the crew below the decks. They're drinking and they're partying and having lots of sex. They cook and clean and serve the rich with a smile all day. But when the richies leave the ship, the yuggies get to play. yo ho yo 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 ho yo We're heading up the gangplank and going down below. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey guys, welcome back to another Gangplank Report. We are unfortunately stuck with the rest of the season and reviewing Below Deck Mediterranean episode 17, which they called The Fall Guy, and we have decided to call Is It Over Yet? (laughs) And here is Jen for your rapid recap. Kyle is taken to the hospital to have his ankle x-rayed after his fall down the stairs. Sandy stays up all night waiting on news. The doctor said it's a strained ligament and Kyle has to be off of his foot for seven days. Home is stuck at dock for a second day in a row. Captain Sandy addresses the tension with Tosh and Dave and tells them to figure it out. The primary's wife makes Kyle's fall all about her luck. Nat's distressed over hot Cheeto-covered sheets. The tender anchor pulls up a pipe, but the primary's boating experience helps find a solution. Kyle does absolutely nothing all day until Tosh asks him to do balloons for Lila's party, and he does that in his pajamas. Somehow it escaped Dave's notice that neither Lila nor her mom like fish, but his dishes convert them. Fun fact, it appears the boat has a removable stripper pole. They finally get off the dock on the guest's last day. Tosh decides they need to replace Kyle. Captain Sandy announces at the tip meeting, they'll be taking on a new stew for the last charter. And that's your rapid recap. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. That means I just had to relive that for the third time. (laughs) I know. I mean to tell you. All right. Well, I've already said everything I have to say about not wanting to watch the rest of the season. So I'm just going to move on. Moving on. Yeah. So Kyle can kick rocks. Mm -hmm. I'm just all the way over him and the fake tears and his seemingly inspiring speech to Tosh about how she's the best chief stew on the planet. And I just, I, I, I just can't with him. I just, I don't get it. I have actually seen quite a lot less people championing him. The part where he says that he's had to overcome so many things as a gay stew in reference to him hurting himself I, like I just I don't get it it seems like that soundbite was taken out of context and then you see the rest of the statement in its totality and that was really what he meant right I'm still on the fence about him I really feel like I could like him in a setting without Natasha I know that not many people online agree with me 
but I feel like he's got potential. I think you're only as good in that position as your leadership encourages you to be. And I think that she did the opposite of encouraging a good work ethic. Natalia's is ingrained in her already, I think, so she doesn't need the guidance. But some people do, and I think he's one of those people, and if he had it, he would be better. But we'll see. I don't know if he's compelling enough to come back. Maybe, since he didn't get to finish out the season, but it's only one more charter, so not that much that he missed out on. Well, I love you very much, Jen. (laughs) And I appreciate your optimism. I could absolutely go for never seeing him on my screen again. Yeah, we did get a message from our friend Bob B today. Oh, did we? That he heard a word on the street that Kyle was not invited to BravoCon and showed up anyway. And so they let him up on the stage. And I merely responded that I had heard the same word. It's weird. I wonder where you might have wink wink heard that from. I have no clue. Who might have been in New York at the exact same time as BravoCon hmm. wink wink. I don't know. I know it wasn't Joe Torres. That I know for <laughs> sure. It definitely was not Joe Torres. <laughs> Hashtag box house hotel. Um, yeah. So I do know that both Dave and Kyle were not invited to be part of the speaking panels at BravoCon that they invited themselves, which is why, like I saw a couple of comments on Reddit about it. People were like, well, they just didn't give Dave any time at the speaking panels. Well, that's because he wasn't supposed to be there. Right. I mean, it was nice of them to let them up on stage. Yeah. They didn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. I think they made a big enough stink that it was impossible for them not to. Well, I think once people see them there, it would be a bigger set of damage control to explain why they weren't invited than to just let them sit up there. That's probably true. And I bet you that was their plan. Yeah. Bravo always likes the path of least resistance. They really don't want to tell you how the sausage is made if they don't have to. Then why are they forcing us to watch the rest of the season? contractual obligations with advertisers <laughs> that's all there is to it yeah. so the fall I was impressed that Sandy stayed up I don't know if she felt compelled to stay up because she didn't respond as quickly when they went and knocked on her door and tried to radio her and all of that I'm gonna give her the benefit of the doubt and say she just wanted to know that he was okay yeah I mean at the end of the day it's a liability so yeah She would want to know what the outcome was. But I felt bad for her because she only ended up having a couple hours sleep, I think, and had to deal with moving the boat out to sea. Finally, they got off the dock on the third day. For like 15 minutes. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it does suck because I've Mm -hmm. been on charters where the weather was absolutely terrible and the guests couldn't take the boat out. And it does suck. It puts a lot of strain on the interior. It puts a lot of pressure on the exterior team to figure out ways around it. Mm -hmm. It's not fun, but of all of the things that we are capable of controlling in a situation like that, the weather is not one of them. Right. It's just not a talent that we have acquired as yacht crew yet. (laughs) So, I mean, it is what it is. Right. There's nothing you can do. You just have to make the best of it. And those people could complain all they want to, but I guarantee you they'd be a lot more uncomfortable and a lot more upset and a lot more unhappy if they did go off the dock in that crappy weather and all got tossed around and ended up puking on each other. Right. 
as entertaining as it would have been. <laughs> Agreed. I think it's probably doubly difficult to get it across to them when it's sunshiny out and they still can't go out. When it's storming, it makes more sense. And I think that they get it and it registers. But when the sun's shining bright and it's warm and it's what feels like a breeze, they can't necessarily translate what that means in terms of swells. They seemed very happy with the effort that the exterior crew put into getting out all of the toys and finally getting the slide put out to where they could use that because they were definitely excited about that when they came on the boat. So they left happy. I think so too. At the end of the day, they didn't really get to do much with boating wise. So they obviously could tell. And if this girl, Lila or Layla, whatever her name is, Lila was worth her weight in any kind of charter broker salt, she would know that the crew tried as hard as they could to make them happy. So they didn't get a terrible tip. Even though Sandy made some kind of a slight comment about it being a skinny envelope. A very thin envelope. Yes, she did. (laughs) And it was. If you think about it, they seemed relieved. Natalia seemed relieved that they got 18,000. But for a three day, that's kind of nuts. They just got 16,000 for a one day, not that many charters ago. So it was kind of a crappy tip. Yes, I don't disagree with that. But it wasn't as bad as it could have been. True. Or as bad as I was expecting after her comment. I mean, it wasn't as bad as the other middle name Rose, but mm-hmm. it wasn't a great tip either. Do you think that the crew fell short anywhere? Is there something they could have done that they didn't? I mean, no, I guess not. I guess I wasn't paying attention much for that, to be honest with you. I was trying very hard to pay as little attention as was possible to be able to accomplish this podcast, to be honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just, <laughs> yeah. I still like the idea of us watching it with the sound off and making up our own dialogue, I think. Yes. <laughs> Maybe One next day week. we will do this. <laughs> One day we will do this. I'll have to start practicing other voices. Yeah. I'm not real accomplished at that yet. What did you think about Dave? It was Lila's birthday dinner and he spent a lot of time on that cake, which I'm not a big fan. I see that it's a big thing now to just pour colors on a cake. I don't know. My OCD doesn't allow for it, but he spent a lot of time on that, but he had all fish dishes and I don't think they really showed us the preference sheets to see what was said. I don't know if the women didn't say that they didn't like fish or what the situation was. When you have that many people that you're serving for, which you do every time you go out for a gig, do you proportion it all and like say, if I have this many fish dishes, I'm going to have alternate proteins or another course or is doing an all fish when they haven't asked for a seafood extravaganza? Is that common? I usually have at least one backup protein just in case. Because a lot of people just have a distaste for things. I would, if I was a charter guest, put as much information on a piece of paper as possible. And some of them that we have seen are pretty lengthy. Mm -hmm. Some of them don't have a lot of detail. Or my sneaking suspicion is that the production people are the ones who, they can't leave out allergies because that would be dangerous. Yeah. If I said, because I don't like salmon, if I said on there, no salmon then they might just erase that part and then it creates an issue later. Right. 
like Ben served salmon the night that I was on the boat during season two. And I had a really hard time choking it down, not because Mm -hmm. he doesn't make delicious food, but because I can't stand salmon. Right. And that was what he planned for the evening. And at the last minute, he had to add an extra plate to it anyway. So he just included me in that number. Obviously he had to not knowing that I couldn't stand salmon. Right. So it is what it is. I mean, with the limited amount of information that you get for two and a half days worth of a trip, nobody on their preference sheets apparently wrote, we don't eat fish. Right. And it's obvious that dad loved fish and other people who were on there did. The only reason it even stood out to me is because you know that I don't eat fish. And if somebody would have given me four courses of fish, I would have been annoyed. So I just didn't know what's normal when you're doing it. Do you have backup proteins? Because he seemed totally thrown off by that. Like he had nothing else to offer. And he's been so on the ball, but maybe it's just people were fans of the type of food he was making. Maybe their preference sheets were clearer. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think he got a lot of information. And I think that was part of the problem. Yeah, well, then that's on them. What did you think about the removable stripper pole? Do I have to talk about it? Just because we've been talking so much about what is... Inappropriate? Inappropriate, exactly. And whether it's Bravo that's pushing a narrative, this made me wonder if they had that, Mm -hmm. if the market isn't shifting a little, or if that wasn't specifically for Bravo. Like it's not something they had out all the time. But I would be curious to see if that was by design or if that's something they added in for the sake of Bravo. Does that make sense? Yes. Have you ever worked on a boat that had a removable stripper pole? I, in fact, have. You have? Was it Russian? It was Hooter Patrol 4. Hooter Patrol? Like the restaurant? Hooter Patrol 4. It was owned by the guys who owned the Southeastern Division of Hooters. Ah, a removable stripper pole in the salon. Oh, I had to ask. I walked right in. It was right next to the galley, so it was pretty hard for me to miss. Oh, fun, fun. (laughs) In my worst version of hell, I will go right back to working on that boat. So we get to the end and Tosh decided to go to Sandy and whether it's how they edited it or not, I don't know, but it seemed like she didn't discuss that at all with Kyle before she talked to Sandy about that. Did you get that impression? Probably because he would have done everything he could to talk her out of it, even though he was useless and blew up a couple balloons and then put himself back to bed. In his pajamas? Sorry, you just reminded me that. That annoyed me so much. And decided to tell Dave that the team wouldn't work without him there. And he was being facetious Mm -hmm. there and joking about that. But I really was offended by the fact that he did that in his pajamas. If it had been a theme party and the theme was pajamas, okay. But seriously, it's your ankle. I have, I can't even tell you how many times I have weak ankles and I've strained the ligaments in my ankles. And it doesn't keep you from getting dressed. It just doesn't. And the lengths that he took it to was really annoying to me. He could have pulled a stool up to the sink and done dishes for them. He could have done that in the laundry room and folded the napkins and done that stuff for Natalia while she did cabins. There were so many things he could have done that he didn't. And it was really frustrating. You know how I feel about this. I know. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm preaching to the choir. I'll get off my pulpit. <laughs> I directly believe that the only reason why she never would have replaced him if she didn't actually have to work. Yeah. And when you made that point, it made perfect sense to me because I really was shocked because the first time Sandy brought it up, she was like, oh, no, no, I think we'll be fine. And so I was like, okay, he's going to be there and she's going to figure out a way to use him. And then within hours, she's like, I think we're going to have to get someone in. (laughs) And I couldn't believe how quickly she turned on her best friend. Now they're best friends. They've known each other a whopping six weeks. And how quickly she turned on him shocked me until you said, well, she had to work. And that's true because they basically are one stew. Each one does half a stew's job and combined, they do a whole stew's work. So she had to be a whole stew by herself and didn't like it at all. Right. I found it weird that they teased the person who was coming on with a foot and hair Usually, if it's somebody we don't know, they don't bother teasing us with any kind of visuals. But based on the shoe and the hair, I couldn't really figure out who it was. Yeah, I got nothing. I have no idea who it was. Hard to tell. But as with everything, I have a feeling we're not going to get to know them much because it's only one charter. Right. Unless it's somebody we already know. Yeah. I mean, you speculated you thought it might be Delaney. I did because she does dye her hair. She does do the modeling stuff. So she could be in high heels. I don't know that it makes sense to bring her back considering the fact that she didn't have interior experience and that's what they need her for. Which will make this so much more entertaining. (laughs) I mean, if it is, I would have fun with that. That would make me happy. That would be a twist that I would enjoy. What do you call it? Schadenfreude? Schadenfreude. Yep. Joy and the sorrow of others. (laughs) I would like that. The way that they had the Norma text going, it made it seem like Sandy didn't already know her. They said, I say they, because we know it's not Norma. Production said, I have the perfect girl. You're going to like her. But was she on med? Yeah. I don't remember. She was on, yeah, she was like on with Katie and Courtney. Oh, okay. Well, then I guess it's not her. Yeah. I doubt it's her, but I just couldn't come up with anybody. I didn't understand why they would tease it. Unless it was just to foreshadow the fact that she wore high heels coming on the boat. So she wasn't going to be good at her job. Hmm. We'll see what happens. But we do have something exciting coming up. Oh, wait, we didn't do our Joe Torres award. Oh, okay. Who are your nominations? Um, I would say Kyle. Okay. <laughs> so he wins by default. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Kyle gets the Joe Torres award for working only... Five nanoseconds, blowing up balloons in his pajamas. He gets the Joe Torres Award of the Week. Yes. All right. But the good thing is we have something to look forward to Tuesday. Yeah, some people have already gotten a sneak peek. I honestly, and I'm ashamed to admit it, considering we do this podcast, but I do not watch a lot of live Bravo. So I missed it. I stream the shows that I like to watch and I don't watch a lot live because I go to bed at an ungodly early hour when they're still doing reruns. So I missed it. I've heard people say a lot of good things that they were happy with it. So we are excited that we will be starting to cover adventure series. Yay! And we have a very special interview dropping. Yes. 
it will drop before the recap of the show because we have to watch the show. <laughs> we'll probably, because it airs on Tuesday, we'll probably be releasing adventure series coverage on Thursday to give us time to actually have lives in between finishing up Below Deck Med and beginning Below Deck Adventure Series. All right. So we've decided to suspend, at least for the time being, while we're doing two different seasons right now, our super fan interviews. And honestly, I don't want to have to talk about Below Deck Mediterranean any more than is required for this podcast. (laughs) So we will most definitely be looking for super fans once we start to roll into Below Deck Adventure. We'll give it a couple of episodes so everybody gets to know a little bit about it. And then we'll start looking for super fans because we will also thankfully gloriously be done with below deck med by then absolutely so thank you all for listening we hope to see you next time for the recap of episode one of below deck adventure series and don't forget we have our special bonus episode we will see you then thanks everybody bye Special thanks to our friends who helped us create Gangplank Report. Down below music and lyrics by Angel Tweeter Frail and Terry Abbott. Performed by Laura Lyle of Florida. Production assistance by Michael Castaneda. Super fan intro by Blind Lawrence. Cast off me hearties. <laughs> <laughs>